So welcome to the 18th episode of The Inspirational Runner. We're about to finally meet a well-known face on the running scene, Tony Barkley. Um, I'm super excited to hear Tony's story. He's a blind runner who runs anything from 5K to ultra distance. He runs on any terrain, roads, mountains. The last time I seen him, he was running over the Twin Peaks, um, Kamala Mountain, and doing a great job of that. But not only has he overcome adversities in his own life, he also helps to support others. He's now a running coach, and anytime you see him, he's always providing a lot of support to people that are on course and trying to help them achieve their goals. Before we go and talk to Tony, I would just like to plug the Running Blind with Buddies event, which is Running Blind for Team Care and Aaron's Army. It's on the 11th of August at Stormount in Belfast. I think the time is one o'clock to four o'clock. Um, registration can be found on the Running Blind with Buddies Facebook page. All money raised goes to Team Care and Aaron's Army, which is a beautiful gesture. It also brings awareness on the difficulties, I suppose, and the obstacles that come with running blind. During this event, you run with a running guide and you have to run blindfolded. There's a 5K and 10K, uh, something different, something exciting. Um, I'll be there myself. So hopefully I will see you there too. So let's go and see what Tony has to say for himself. So Tony, finally, finally, we get to meet each other. Like it wasn't too bad a few weeks ago, but... Um, yeah. A challenge, isn't it? But yeah, life is a channel challenge. Life is general. a challenge. Life yeah. is a challenge. There's Without no doubt about it. Yeah. So I've seen you in all the Bondi Run races, yeah. and you have this real loud smile. Always. There's no never never anything but it. Um, and everybody sort of knows Tony, but not everybody knows really the background. Um your sort of history. Now, born in Dublin, carried across to England when I was four, lived just on the outskirts of Manchester, and then in Cheshire on the edge of the Peak District. Yeah, what age did you move to Cheshire? I was, oh, be in my twenties when I moved there. Right, I moved yeah. to Cheshire, but I think that's where my love of hills comes from, because anybody who knows me knows I do like my hills. Hate the flat, love the hills. But yeah, I was literally 500 yards from the mountains and the hills, yeah, I love it there. It's a beautiful part of the country there as well. It is, it is, until winter, and then you're literally snowed in. Yeah, so, so talk to me about um, your disability then, because you didn't always have it. No, no, and it's, yeah, it's a strange one. Most people know me because, I can't see! Minor technicality, didn't see that coming, well, didn't see that coming, no pun intended, no. Um, no, I was actually diagnosed... Well, in my late teens, I lost the top corner of my right eyesight. I got this most awful headache. It's almost like somebody putting a vice on the whole of your skull mm. and turning all the keys at once. And they couldn't figure it out. Got admitted to hospital, three and a half months in hospital while they tried to figure it. And eventually, with a photograph of the backs of the eyes, the, the right eye had two blind spots. And the ophthalmologist said, you've got a tumour. Don't like that. Don't like that saying at all. You stop that. Mm. So a few more tests. And at the time, it was the first CT scanner in England, and they put me on that, uh, and diagnosed me as having a pituitary tumor. And the pituitary is only a pea size, a gland the size of a pea, smack in the middle of your head, 
and it controls pretty much everything in the body. It controls all your hormones. And at the time, I had a microtumor just on the front of it, and it was pressing on the optic nerves that crossed directly above it. Mm. And that's how it showed up. Um, a year later, lots and lots and lots of tests told me I've got this rare condition called acromegaly, which early in life create, causes gigantism. Um, some of the things they tested me for, size of my hands, size of my feet, size of my jaw. You wonder where are you going with this? It's my eyes that are playing up. But in actual fact, it's a tumour of the pituitary. And then when I was 36, used to be a motorcyclist. Miss my bike still. Um, can, can I just say, you look like a motorcyclist. Do I? <laughs> Gosh. Um, yeah. I, think, I think it's the beard. It might be the beard. might be the beard, yeah. Scruffy bugger. Um, now, going down the road, looked over my right shoulder, there's absolutely nothing there. Not a thing. And it was actually a double-decker bus. And I couldn't see it. And I thought, that's not good. So I got sent to the hospital, who did an eyesight test, and she said to me, keep pressing this button every time you see a flashing light in this display. I'm like, we'll start it then, because I couldn't see the flashing lights. And at the end of it, she says, how did you get here? I said, I've driven. And then the ophthalmologist called me in, and he says, how have you driven? How have you got here? So I've driven. He says, you're not driving away. I said, what do you mean I'm driving away? He said, registering as blind. It's <coughs> blind. I was like, where did that come from? But of course, people think because you register, you just say you're blind. That's it. You, it's black or white. Mm. You can either see or you can't see. Yeah, I'm registered blind, and I've currently got about three or four percent left in the left eye, so I can make out. Um, if I describe a phone keypad, which most people are familiar with, I can make out one character. That's it. Okay. There is nothing else around. So it's a very it. focused sort of vision. It's very very small tiny amount of tunnel vision and that's deteriorating um several times in the last year I've been sat here and emma the missus will say to me you can't see can you i said no because uh, she can recognize the symptoms and yeah it is going mm -hmm. so time is limited and we don't know how long but you know say la vie mm -hmm. it is what it is and what age are you now tony i'll be 60 next april wow no way. <laughs> serious. I don't know why people don't believe me. Look, my hair's gone white. I mean, seriously, first clue. You totally <laughs> do not look anywhere near 60. No, like, no, to I'm be 60, fair to, be 60, fair to you. I think I look older than you. No. And um, So you look, you're in fantastic shape. Oh, don't about that. I could do with losing a bit. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you do look in great shape. Like, so the run obviously has that sort of oh brings gosh, that to you. I lost two and a half stone That's within amazing. six months of starting running. So when, when did you start running then? So two and a half stone within six months. Yeah. Um, so how did you feel just before you started running then? Terrified. Mm. Hadn't run. Started when I was 40. Gosh, where am I? 50, 56, 54, 54 years ago. 54, yeah. 54, 54 I was. The mind's going. So not that long anyway. No, not long at all. But... I'd not run for 22 years. Mm. You know, I was in the cops when last time I ran when, when I was registered. And um, it was like, you know, you, you sprint you sprint a lot in the police. And where I'm policed in Macclesfield is very, very hilly. So I, I was fairly fit. But 22 years not running, just getting used to walking into everything that's there. I mean, like I say to people, people who know me will know I go, oh yeah, I've got an appointment with a lamppost somewhere. Because I'm going to walk into it. I do it all the time. So the idea of actually running was like, how is that going to work? 
<clears throat> and the lady who took me on and says, I'll get you through the couch programme and I'll be your guide runner. Had never done it. This is Viv Davidson, who's a very good friend of mine. And Viv says, don't know how we're going to do this. We'll figure it out as we go along. And I think Viv was as nervous as me. So we just had this little tether, which turned out to be a dog collar, and we just went for it. And you know what? We never looked back. And where was that at? Where was the it first was here run? in Carrick. Here in Carrick. Um, anybody who knows Carrick will know the castle. And we started there, running along the promenade, which is straight. It's flat. There's not too many obstacles. But we started in January. It's pitch black, and I'm photosensitive, so I'm very sensitive to light. So I can't make out anything. And Viv was struggling. It was a challenge. It was a huge mm. challenge. But we completed that in March. And in June, Viv had me running my first 10k at Glenarm, which was a cross-country 10k. So she threw me in the so deep end. you not easy. No. In September, she put me in Belfast Half Marathon. So I thought, yeah, that'd be next year. No, no, it was September from March. And then the following May, we just wandered off to Derry and ran the marathon. Brilliant. <laughs> so, you know. so do you find that Viv was a, a driving force to keep pushing you and pushing yeah, you? Absolutely. You know, she's such a smashing lady. She's just... Viv put me through couch. And four years later, she's still doing couch. Um, does several courses a year. Now with North Belfast Harriers and Matt Shields. And she has literally put hundreds of people through the couch programme. And so supportive and so easygoing and so humble as well. Mm. She's a really, really, really nice lady. And she's been so supportive of me on this journey. Um, she said she's Unfortunately, she suffered an injury at um, London last year and it's taken a lot of time out. And she's struggling to get back now, which is a shame. Mm. We were out running the other week and she <coughs> said, tables are turned. You're the mentor and I'm the mentee. And I'm like, I owe her so much. But she said to me, if I can get a place in London, she wants to come out of retirement and run London with me as her swan song, which would be a real honour to do that. So talk me through your first training session then. Uh, what, or even before that, um, so you're sitting here on the couch in the living room here. Yeah. And what makes you think, yeah, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to start running. Vivian. It's Vivian's fault. <laughs> when Vivian hears this I, keep, I just want to tell her all the time it is Vivian's fault she said to me she said to me come on let's go and do the couch let's do it let's do it so I says okay terrified uh, Emma the wife not happy not happy at all like I said I walk into everything going um, she was like this is not going to be good this is not going to be good at all so Vivian and I did a bit of research good old YouTube and so I thought okay Maybe we can figure this. And then turned up for couch and we just thought, that let's just figure it out as we go along and see what happens. Was there a group of people? Or was it the Couch to 5K? Yeah, it was Couch to 5K group. I think there yeah. were 15 or maybe 20 people in the group. So. And how, how did you think you were received into the group then? Um, I was the only male, which I thought was a bit daunting. I thought, well, where are all the guys? Uh, and why are, no, why are there no men doing this? And do you know what? To this day, I still wonder why there aren't more men doing it. But that's another story. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit of a... It could be a bit of a macho thing. I'm yeah, not sure. I don't know. Do you know what? Elites are not born. Mm. We all have to learn. 
And I'm not elite, not by a long joke. But no, couch program, there's this rather rotund 54-year-old. And believe me, I was rotund. Um, turns up, and I'm like, no idea what's going to happen. I can't run. I cannot run. No chance of me running. So, did, see, before you left the house then, did you feel sort of, you had that nerves or should, should I do this or not? Maybe I, shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't do this. Absolutely terrified. Um, because I'm not, I, can't, I have a guide dog, but because we're doing this running things, no way my guide dog can go. So I go on what we call the long cane, the long white stick. Emma doesn't like me going out on that because it doesn't work well and I walk into things and argue with cars and had one sort of parked on my foot. So she's not keen on me going out on my own. So she walked down with me and she's, I think Emma was as nervous as me. But yeah, we got there and Viv was just so welcoming and all the group was so welcoming. And she was like, okay, okay, calm your heart. I think my heart rate monitor was probably broke on that night because it was just going <laughs> mental. And of course your expectation is couch to 5K, you expect to run. So you expect you're going to turn up and you're going to run a distance. In actual fact, over the course of ten weeks or whatever, you build up to that. So we only ran perhaps fifty feet, if that. Yeah. Um, but even that was uh, interesting. You know, for somebody who hadn't run for twenty-two years, was carrying far too much weight, mm. and had no idea where we were going. Because at that point, we're on a learning curve. Viv didn't understand having to describe. When we're turning, we're actually running round to patch grass, but Viv didn't understand the counting down to a turn, so we just get to a corner and say turn left, and then again turn left. So it was a big learning curve. Whereas now we've mastered it, and it's three, two, one, left, okay, yeah. and we know exactly what we're doing. Um, so you're able, to, you're able to play that in your mind then. Yes, yeah, we know up exactly to... what's coming. But as a friend of mine, she's great, Catherine, and. She's funny. She did a 10k with me in Ballycarry last year, and she's like a running satnav. She's brilliant. She's saying 50 meters, we're going to turn left, <laughs> and then in 20 meters, we're turning left, and it's brilliant. Has she, has she ever said you turn? No, <laughs> going the wrong no, way. No, no, no. She hasn't. No, no. She hasn't told me off. Well, she actually, she did tell me off a couple of times, I think. But, um, but no, she hasn't done that one yet. So she's promised she'll run with me again, but that was so much fun. Yeah. So I'm still interested in the in the journey of the five K team because it's the whole that whole group group goes on a journey together, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. I know they don't have your disability, but they've had the same nerves and they have that same feeling, I'm sure. They're doing it for the first time. And they're all obviously when people are going to couch a five K, what I always find as well, they're worried about what other people are gonna say about them. Yeah. And but that was a great a great starting point there was obviously brilliant help and support there um when you came to the end of that with the group yeah um how did the group feel oh wow elation because the, the the 5k route that we followed to complete it takes us up a, a what is a gentle hill and we run it all the time now but when we did it it felt like everest but we're all sort of, come on, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're all going to do this. And then coming down the other side, of course, he's running downhill, we're like, we are near the end, this is so good. And when we finish, actually finished, the group elation. It's funny, it's couch, you start as an individual, you end up finishing with friends, 
and I've seen so many people go through couch now and become life friends and, and I think that repeats again and again and again mm. it, it, it couch is a marvelous thing it changes people's lives you know it's it lights a spark in people it lights friendships it's brilliant I can't recommend it enough. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it really builds a little community up, doesn't it? Yeah. A very supportive yeah. um, community. Yeah. And if anybody's thinking about going to Couch and 5K and they're sort of holding back and they're worried oh, what no, people don't, say, don't, don't hold back. you just need to go. Don't hold back. Don't be frightened of it. Go. Mm. It, it, no. 22 years, two and a half stone overweight at least, straight off the sofa and into it. And I can't even see where I'm going. <laughs> you know, I'm putting my trust in other people to keep me safe. That's brilliant. If I can do it, anybody can do yeah, it. Yeah. So talk to me through running then. And you've done your first 10K then. Yeah. It must take a lot of concentration and a lot of focus more so than... Because yeah. you need to understand where your feet are going. Yeah. And yeah, that, that must be mentally tiring during a run. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> but I suppose it's an extension of what you do in real life. Because out and about... I can't see what's coming up, hence the lampposts. Um, mm. So I rely a lot on what I can, what I can make out, which is not not easy because I've actually got hearing loss in both ears. Should wear hearing aids, hate them, don't want to wear them, won't wear them. Big mistake because it lessens what I can make out. You're a bit stubborn then. Without... Very stubborn, very <laughs> stubborn. Yes, uh, Fat Emerald endorsed that. But so it all comes down to what I can feel underfoot and. I'm going to say to use this term because I'm allowed to because I am one. Us blindies, landmark. We landmark, not from what we can see, but what we can feel or what we can hear. So like walking down the footpaths, um, driveways, bushes, smells, sounds, grid covers, things like that are important to us because they give us a landmark. And when we get a usual route, we know where we are from them. However, go to an event like Born to Run, most of which are forest trails, the, and certainly the forest series I absolutely love. Brilliant events. I mean, Born to Run say great races, great places. They're not wrong. They really are great races in great places. However, for a blindie running through a forest, <laughs> it's quite entertaining. You know, so it's a bit of a challenge because you yeah. don't know. There's tree roots, there's rocks. As one friend of mine who was running with me, when Mervyn stood in front of the arrow... The photographer Mervyn stood in front of the arrow and blocked it, so we all missed it, and we nearly went in a river. You know, but hey, it's great fun. You know. Yeah. So talk to me about the Born to Run then, because that's where I've seen you all the yeah. time, and um, you're a well-established family Indeed. member of Born to Run. Oh gosh. And because it almost they've done a really great job of building a brilliant community. So yeah. I've heard you talk yeah. about the five K there. It's quite similar to in the Born to Run, isn't it? It's just one big massive community that they oh, it's have. Huge, huge. It's six or seven hundred people, yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah same yeah. sort of groups coming every I mean, time. I've I've seen Born to Run grow <clears throat> over the last four years that I've been running. I mean, when I first met them was at Minoburn, way back when we did the run there, um, and that was my first introduction to Born to Run. And I was like, oh, I like this, and I remember Jane standing up on the back of the truck and said. We've got a blind runner here, and there's me hiding at the back with this high-vis vest on saying blindy, you know, trying to be considerate to other people. Not for my benefit, but other people's benefit, because I'm tethered to whoever I'm running with. Mm. There's a strap between us. I need that to know where I'm going. So I'm hiding at the back and thinking, sooner or later, 
somebody's going to be passing me. I don't know what's out there. Um, and I don't want to people to think you're just blocking my way. So that's why I generally wear something with blind on the back. So the folks are on the front as well for marshals. So that people know that I can't see you. This is why I'm next to somebody. Um, but Born to Run have been so supportive. I mean, Jane's done the back said there's a blind runner and never look back. Mm-hmm. You know, and they are so supportive of folks. And Gerard especially. You can hear Gerard as you're coming down. And he's like, yeah. he is so supportive. You know, sometimes I say to him, have you taken your meds today? You know. But he's, he's great. He's just a bottle of he's just positive energy. So much, yeah. You know, he's he's like a volcano of it. Yeah. I don't know where he gets it from. I don't need to buckle it up. So you know. how do you feel then going to that? So, um, you know, same way any race, you get nervous when you're going to the race every time. And even the ones I know, <clears> always <throat> the same. Never yeah. take it for granted. And then that ball of energy in your hair and Jared and all of yeah. that, and yeah. um, it's such. They're complicated courses. Yeah. You know, as you say, you don't really know yeah. where you're going, to, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And how do you take that as a challenge? Do you see, because the road, oh, they've both got their own challenges, for yeah. you, obviously, but the trail one's a little bit more complicated. Well, I learned something doing that. I learned a lot of things. There's a lot more bushes and I'm going to hit a lot more of them. Um, but I also learned live in the bubble and I've taken that further because you find a lot of runners look at a point way off in the distance now I coach people and I'm, I'm tethered to them and I'm saying to them what are you looking at and I'm looking at the traffic lights or whatever in the distance so why are you looking at the traffic lights how far away is that they'll say it's a mile it's two miles whatever it is why are you looking at a point a mile to two miles away when it's always going to be a mile to two miles away. It doesn't matter. It's here, now, where you are, that matters. Stay in this bubble, live this moment, and enjoy where you are. And that's what I do. I stay in this bubble because I can't be out of this bubble. I can only concentrate on what's directly there at that time. That tree root, that stone, that puddle, whatever it is. I've got to concentrate on whatever is here and what I'm being told by my guide. And, and I think that's the only way to do it. It's just living yeah. the bubble. <clears throat> I love that. Like, cause it, it, you're really saying you need to live in the present, really, here isn't right it? Now. And yeah. a lot of people sort of miss that. And the modern world we live in sort of drives us outside oh, of that. Everything's fast, 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 fast. Yeah. Slow down, folks. <clears throat> no, not slow down running. We all run because we like it. And running's not about going slow. Is it not about going slow? Do we all have to be fast? Hats mm. off to the guys who are fast. I know guys that can do a 36-minute 10K, and I have massive respect. I'll never do that. And, of course, you go to the marathons and the Kenyans, and they're amazing guys. Amazing. But there's those at the back, and sometimes we go to the board to run, and there's, there's me, there's Rolo, and there's others, and we call ourselves um, the crack at the back. <laughs> you know, we're having the crack at the back. We're having enjoy- we're having fun. We're enjoying it. We don't all have to be fast. Yeah. Just enjoy the moment. Live in the moment. Tomorrow's never given. It's never mm-hmm. promised. Live for the moment. Yeah, and run- running gives so many different things to so many different people. Yeah, everyone has their own take on it. Yeah, um, it's one of the things I'm trying to bring across in yeah. the podcast. And it's about what it's about finding your own place within that as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah. But but equally, see, I'll go to a, I'll go to a race and 
The majority of people who run with me or have learned to run with me or are willing to learn run with me, who I'm eternally grateful to, because without them, I would not run, period. But they know that if I'm going in a race and I'm going along and I find somebody struggling, it, the race is now virtually over because it's like, right, come on, you, come on, come on. Because I want to see people succeed. I want to see people finish. Because we all started. I started with couch. They might have started with couch. Might not have started with couch. And here they are at an event or whatever and they're struggling. And they could possibly go home and say, oh, I can't do it. I'm not going to do this anymore. Hate mm. that. Hate it. So I'll just sweep people up. I mean, one of them I swept up was Cookstown Half Marathon. I don't know if you've ever done that. And Cookstown is far from flat. Yeah. <laughs> far from flat. I think the car park's flat and that's it. But there's a long, huge hill. And as I turned the corner, the camera was running and they turned around and went, oh no. I said, is it bad? She said, it just goes on forever. Okay, let's do it. So we just started it. And there was a young lady walking along the side of it, Siobhan Grant. And I just said, come on, right, come on, come on, come on. Took her hand. And we carried on going for a few miles together. She carried on on her own. And um, Siobhan and I have gone on for miles together ever since. You know, we've run mm. marathons, ultra marathon. And I like to think doing that helps somebody else. Because if we, all, if we all do that, we're encouraging somebody else. And mm. that's what I want to do. I'm not fast. I'll never be fast. But I'm determined. And I have a, a, a motto. I want to inspire, encourage and support. I want to inspire people to get into running. I want to encourage them to keep going. And that's why I've got my coaching qualification. And I want to um, support them on that journey. And so they're at a point where they can, like a bird, can fly. That's amazing. Yeah. So you talked about your coaching, yeah. Um, course, talk to me about that, because that is leaps and bounds from where you started four years ago. Yeah. So that night that you were nervous to go out to the couch, yeah. um, to five k. Yeah. If somebody told you you're going to become the coach and you're going, you know, I'd have laughed in their face. Yeah. I literally, I would have laughed in their face, because to me, couch to five k was going to be it. And after we did the quality run that we did, we did the first part run, my first part run at Carrick. Anybody's ever done it? It's 54 turns in Carrick Park Run. Um, yeah, the twistiest part run in Northern Ireland. It's great fun. But 42 minutes, first time I ever did it. Which insane. I'm down to 28 now, so I'm quite pleased wow. with that. You know, I'm getting there, getting there. That's fantastic. I'm still though. not the fastest, you know. I've not got a course record, I never will. But, you know, I'm getting there. Um, That's fantastic. But I did it. And Viv then, because she, she's a, she was a curve, she's a curve. And said to me, oh, you, you should coach, you should coach. I was like, no, I don't know. But then eventually, when you went and got the qualification, worked hard at it. And I'm really, really glad I did. Because now I'm involved with a group that a friend of mine set up called Running Buddies here in, in White Abbey. And we try to encourage people who are new to running to come in, who've done the couch programme perhaps, come and join us. It's just laid back and easy and we, co we coach them on. And it started just a year ago. And there was a young lady there, Charlie Ray, who struggled, really struggled with a 5K. And she was like, oh, I'm not going to do this because I can't do it. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. So we started running and Charlie ran her second half marathon last week and is now in for the marathon. And he's a very, very competent runner. Really, really good. Really confident. And he's really supportive of other people. And that is why I do it now. Yeah inspire encourage and support 
and Charlie is is flying. She really you is. M- flying. You must find that extremely rewarding. Yeah, it is. That's um, what it's about for me. People say, to me, you know, people come up to me and say you're so inspirational. You know, you got you got me for this and the inspirational runner. And ever since you contacted me and said, I want to do an interview with you because you're inspirational, I can't understand, genuinely can't understand, people say to me, you're inspirational. I'm, I'm just an old guy who can't see, who happens to run a bit. I don't see what's inspirational about me. I genuinely don't. Yeah. You know, I'm just an but ordinary guy. Everybody, you will know people. Yeah. I'm going to throw that back at you. Yeah. Who's the crag at the back. Yeah. Those people are inspirational. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah, indeed. Um, you are one of those guys. So you are the crack in the back. And everybody has got a story, to be honest. Yeah. And to be fair, I think your story um, hopefully will motivate people to actually think, well, you know, Tony has a disability and he's able to go out and he's able to do the couch to 5K, run half marathons, run marathons, actually run ultra marathons, actually run mar- marathons over mountains, actually coach other people. And if that's not inspirational, it inspires me. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. I so don't know. you've talked about what it was like to run 5K. So what's it like to run a marathon? It's 26 miles. It yeah. gets tiring. Yeah. It gets warm. It gets hot. Oh, God. And Yeah, and I chose Derry. Derry. I mean, the original plan was Dublin because I'm from Dublin. So we thought, you know, Dublin, we give ourselves a year to train. But then somebody showed me the Derry Marathon and I'm like, have anybody's ever seen the Derry Marathon? That's the medal you want for your first marathon. It's called a manhole cover for a blooming good reason. You know, and don't bend over while you're wearing it. Uh, so, you know, yeah, we, we trained hard. We trained through winter. We, got, we literally got hypothermia. We, we trained hard and we went and we did it. It is tough. So what was your training like? So how, how, do you always have a guide when you're out yeah, training? Yeah, I have to have a guide. I can't, yeah. can't possibly run them out. It's never going to happen. Mm. Can't go anywhere without either the dog, the cane, or a, or a physical human guide. Um, so when you were training for the marathon, what type of training did you do? We got to know the Shore Road, and those who run uh, East Andrew Marathon Series will know the Shore Road intimately. It's one of the worst places to run. It's like a dual carriageway of solid traffic. But we would run increasing distance, pretty much as you would run normal yeah. marathon training, increasing the distance constantly, with a few hills built in because we got the profile for Derry and realised it's not flat either. <laughs> uh, How many miles a week would you have trained? We got up to 20 miles a week. Um, did 20 a couple of times. Ran from here in Carrick through to Stranmillis in Belfast one weekend, which was quite an achievement. I really enjoyed that really good mm. um, but then you go to Derry and anybody who's not done Derry be prepared because Derry is invariably hot regardless of what the weather does beforehand Derry will be hot and it will also rain always does it's, it's a very, very warm this year it's a scorcher so you always run with a you always run with a guide you always run with my guide so it must be somebody I'm assuming it would need to be somebody you put a lot of trust in hundred percent. Because you're putting all your trust into them. I my literally my life is in their hands, literally. I have a clue what's coming until the moment I reach it. Um, some of my guides are. See the thing about me, I'm just under six foot tall. 
not everybody's my height. I've run with Hannah Cochran, who at the time was 12, and she was much, much, much shorter than me. She's also one of the best guys I've ever run with. Absolutely superb, amazing young lady, um, who I genuinely believe will run for a country. She's 12 she, years of age when she's she, done that. She's, she's 14 now. Phenomenal. Um, Hannah is absolutely amazing. Um, a 20 minute cross country 5k. Brilliant. She is an amazing lady and so, so nice and so pleasant. Um, but yeah, everybody I run with, I have to run to put my trust in them. Inevitably, there are height differences. A lot of people are shorter and forget that there's trees. So they pass on drum. I don't. So I, I do actually have three scars on my forehead from various trees. Um, collected over the years but hey it's life it happens you know yeah. and I, I, whenever I whenever I run with somebody who's not run with me the first time simple rules I'm going to fall if I fall I fall it's happened before if I run into something I've done it before there's nothing new I've run into the backs of trucks billboards trees lampposts all sorts of things I've tripped over curbs I've tripped over dogs I've tripped over children I've tripped over everything the biggest concern is I have an annual MRI scan for this blessed tumour to keep an eye on it. And my last one was that it's grown and currently is pressing on the carotid arteries and the spinal cord. And they told me if it grows anymore, it could invade those, which is potentially fatal. I could have a potentially fatal stroke. So I say to people, if I fall over and I've got out like a light, don't panic. Just call the ambulance. It's not your fault. Because people do take it very, very seriously when they run mm -hmm. with me. They realise the, the level of responsibility and I'm grateful to them for that. But there is always that thing and I'm always honest with people that there is that risk. I live with it every single day. I, don't, I respect it, but I don't let it control me. Mm. So I say jokingly to people at the start of a run, look, if I fall over, don't worry. It's one of those things. It's not your fault. Yeah, you know. So how do, how do you select your um, guides? How do they? Oh, crazy. Just people you've met through running. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I mean, so Siobhan Grant is. Siobhan Grant, Siobhan Grant, bless her cotton socks. Siobhan Athletics and I did a guide runners training course. Um, unfortunately, the funding for that has dried up now, but they asked me to go along to help with the practical session. Um, did it a few times. Ran with Eamon Sheehan. Eamon's a lovely guy, um, who said to me at the start of the course, we, we, we run around Mary Peter's track to start, and he said to me, you got any tips? I said, run naturally. That's what I say to everybody, run completely naturally. Because I find that most people, I'm usually on their right, with this strap, which is about 18 inches long between us, with a little loop in each end as a handhold. I said, you have one loop, I have the other, I'm half a step back behind you. Um, just run natural. So... Of course, when we run, both arms move. Most people lock their right arm. And it's just mm. sort of in this fixed horizontal position. And I can feel that. I can feel an awful lot through the strap. Eamon, he's the only person who's done it, said to me, I said, just relax, run normal. Eamon, if you ever hear this, I don't think you run with your right arm up in the air, stretched high, <laughs> which is what we did for two whole laps of Mary Peter's track. And I was like, put your arm down and eventually he did and relaxed and it was much much different <laughs> and then on the next course Siobhan was there unknown to me and as soon as I walked in the room she's like 
oh you're back and I'm like oh crikey no because I can talk Siobhan can talk and when we run together we talk a lot and we talk the legs off the back end of a donkey for sure but she, she's um, she's on some of the publicity photographs for it now there's running up the hill at uh, Storm at, not Storm at um, Middleburn and we did it together again then we got on so well we actually did a wee hill sprint Brilliant. Yeah. She's great crack. She didn't really tie you to a lamppost though, did she? She did tie me to a lamppost. Yes, she jolly well did. At East Antrim Marathon. Can't remember why. She just got to this lamppost and I stopped, and I stopped there and said, what are you doing? Tying you to a lamppost and the marshals have wet themselves like, <laughs> yes, she has done that. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. What What's the biggest mistake that they make? Forgetting I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds daft. It happens. You'll go, you'll go somewhere, part run, you go training session, you go for a, you go for a marathon. And they realise, they remember they're running with you as a guide runner, and then they wander off. And somebody will say, Oi, what about Tone? Oh, and they come running back. <laughs> but I think the best example of that one was Born to Run, when we did Mount Stewart, crack at the back crew, and running down, there's a pond there, and one of the ladies there, Marion, I saw it as a great photo opportunity. So she marched us all out along this jetty into the lake. I got this photo. She was my guide runner, was taking the photo, walked back off the jetty, and apparently was half a mile down the road before somebody said to her, Marion, where's your blinding? And she'd left me at the pond. You know, and she'd come running back to get me. You know, people forget. They do oh, yeah. forget. So while we're running along, it's easy for people to forget. And then we'll trip on a curb. Or, like I say, I'll run into a tree or a bush. You know, I mean, I've come home before now, and Emma said, right hand side of me is scratched to ribbons, arm and leg. I said, what have you been doing? Um, well, they forgot I was there, and there was a bush, and there was a bramble, and. So, um, how many marathons have you done now? You've done Derry three, six, I think. Derry, I've done three times. I've been, crikey, I forget where I've gone. One of the problems with this condition of mine is I have short term memory loss. Um, so trying to bring these I, things. I could just feel the age. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I say that, and then I mean, reminds me. But, but so what's it like? So I know the likes of Team Care, etc. And oh, you know, Care. listening to them, they're such an inspirational family. Absolutely. Um, but they have, you know, it's almost a bigger struggle getting to the race yeah. and getting to the starting line than it yeah. is the actual race. Yeah. And what's it like for yourself then? So when you getting all your marathon gear ready and all of that, do you have help with that or? because um, it's bound to be a struggle too yeah it is a struggle folks are pretty good um, and I you know, I can't verbalise my gratitude to people because there are no words people say to me I'm good with words and good with the written word I can't express how grateful I am to folk people will say to me how are you getting there um, I don't know I'll get the train or something if I can and people say no no give me a lift give me a lift and I'm really grateful for that because I hate asking anybody for anything I'll give anything I love my coaching and I'll give freely, but I don't like asking for anything. But people say, oh yeah, I'll give you a lift there, and I'm really grateful, that really helps. But if I can get there on my own, I will. Mm. So, but... Get and getting, did you do Dublin? Did you say you'd done Dublin? I've done Dublin, yes, did Dublin two years ago. Yeah, ran past the hospital I was born in, which I've learned is being pulled down, so I said to Tim, who's running with me, got to get a photograph as we go past the hospital I was born in. Because I can't see, so I didn't notice that we actually did run past it. I didn't notice it because I can't see it. Tim forgot, 
I know it's been pulled down. <laughs> so I won't get a photograph. I did notice the nuns, though. The nuns at the convent who came out cheering us on. They were lovely. Brilliant. You know. So talk me through that a, a marathon experience for you then. Yeah. So you have all that buzz and nerves we yeah. all have in coming yeah. to the starting line. You're at the starting line. Yeah. Um, everybody's wishing you good luck yeah. at the starting line. We're all yeah. wishing each other good luck. And then you, you take off. And tell me what the experience is like for yourself then going through a marathon. I'll, I'll go back to Dublin again because I think that has been my best experience of a marathon. I always contact race organisers before I go and say, look, I'm coming, can't see, I'll have a guide runner with me, I'll be marked up as a blindie for, for the benefit of the marshals and everybody else, jump me at the front or at the back, I don't mind. And usually they say, no, you're going up front. And Derry, they, Noel sends me out with the wheelchairs. Dublin, I contacted them, and Dublin, if anyone's not done a marathon, go to Dublin. The atmosphere is mm. off the scale. The support is off the scale. It's a fantastic event. But Dublin said to us, yes, come along. You go directly to the front. And anybody who's done Dublin, it's 20,000 people. It's heaving. It's massive bodies. But we got moved to the front. The year I did it, Team Kerber there, with my inspiration. And we set off together. And it's amazing because you go out, you're at the very front of a marathon. It's the strangest feeling. There's no other runners. It's just you pounding the pavements. And we went out with the guardie. And it's weird going out with a police escort and the timer car with the big clock on top and all the people are cheering you on. And like, it's really emotional. Yeah. Really, really is. But running alongside Team Kerr, I'm so inspired by so supportive of. Um, and a couple of other guys with wheelchairs and like, it's just amazing. And then the elites come past. And there isn't a breath of air. There's not a sound as they go past. It's absolutely Class. incredible. And then you hear this thunder in the background <laughs> that gets progressively louder. And you realise that's the sound of another 20,000 pairs of feet. And that is scary. <laughs> it is really scary. That's and then brilliant. you're swallowed up. you know. But it's amazing. It's just absolutely like a tsunami amazing. of people yeah. really coming to get it you. It really is. Then, then talk me through then from mile 20 because the last 10k of Dublin Marathon I think is amazing the yeah. crowds that come out yeah. are phenomenal it's got bigger and yeah. bigger every year Yeah, talk me through your experience of that oh absolutely amazing I mean they're shouting out your name and then they realise because your vest says blind do you get emotional again um, because your vest says blind they're cheering louder they're really pushing you home mm -hmm. you know it's an amazing feeling. It's actually hard to explain to somebody who hasn't actually done it. Yeah. How good it is and how oh. how encouraging it is. Yeah, in Dublin especially. I mean, the, the, the support. I mean, I like, like I said, the nuns. You go past the convent, the nuns are out. There's a, the Bootsy put up a video a couple of years back of a nun on the run. It was an actual nun running on the new retopath and tickled us. But the nuns, they're great. They're out there. They're cheering you on. Mm. You know, you stop and they're like, you're doing really well. But the folks in Dublin, have anybody seen the Tour de France and the crowds push in so tight that bikes can hardly yeah. get through? There are points in Dublin, that's what it's like. You could run along with your arms outstretched and be high-fiving everybody. Brilliant. And that's the nature of the Dublin Marathon. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's, it. it's my favourite race. Oh, yeah. Dublin and Derry are my, my two. Then, so tell me then, coming into the finishing 
Yeah. Shoot. So they they've got they've changed the Dublin Marathon slightly. So you've got a long straight in yeah. there, and the yeah. crowd is just, just one big roar. They've got the clappers going, and everybody's cheering you in. And that's the twenty six miles. You got that last bit to go, and your body's like screaming at you. Your feet are on fire. You just want to sit down now and just have a cup of tea, or more to the point, a good old pint of Guinness. And he's like, the finish line is coming, and I can't see the finish line. So my guide runner says to me, it's there, there's the finish. So like, we got, we're coming in and we're passing people who are struggling and there I am again. And I was like, come on, we're finished, come on, come on. And you grab out of somebody's hand because you've done 26. Yeah. You're going to do this last 200 metres. It's yours. There's the finish, come on. I can't see how close we go. So I can't say to him, we've got 600 metres to go. We've got 400 metres to go. We're going over that line is what I say. Simple as that. That's fantastic. You know, we, we're going to finish. That's yeah. what I want to see people do. Finish it, complete it, feel proud, feel strong, go and do it again. Don't give up. It must be a great journey doing it with somebody so close, your guide as well, because the two of you are going through that whole experience yourself. Yeah. And to share the experience of a marathon must be a special thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm so far the marathon runners I've done it with are experienced marathon runners. Um, hoping fingers are tightly crossed here as are my toes and everything else that this year London will come in um, but a couple of my friends are, are very in for London and we're hoping we'll get it in together and they'll be there first so I'll be doing it with them and I'm really hopeful of doing that either way whether I get London or not um, Charlie who I coach is already approached me and said can we go to Derry <laughs> and I'm like Yes, we can go to Derry. I'll do Derry with you. Happily do Derry with you. I'll be our first marathon. And yeah, that Brilliant. is going to make me very, very, very proud. Yeah, that would be good. To get experience. somebody who's come through from Couch, who struggled with the 5K, has been so determined, now flying, wants to go and do a marathon. And she's she blessed me and honoured me by asking me if, she, if yeah. I'll do it with her. That's, that's called good karma, Tony. Yes, you passing it on. It's almost a gift that's, that's been idea. given to you. Yeah. And well, now you're passing that gift on to somebody else. I'm going to see other people do it. Yeah. See, it's life changing. Oh, you're a runner, is. I'm a runner. Everybody who runs will know what this is. It's life changing. Oh, you lose weight. You, you're likely to make friends. Promise you'll make friends. I'm a blindie. Blindness is so lonely. Mm. Really is a lonely existence. People don't know what to do with blindies, they go quiet. It's, it's just a fact of life. And I'm part run ambassador for visually impaired people in Northern Ireland. And I am working hard to get more visually impaired people to part run. And slowly but surely it's happening. We've got more VIs coming on. We've got guide runners. We've got lots of guide runners and we're training more. So we've got them in place. I want to inspire more visually impaired people to come off the sofa, to come out of their houses, go to part run and join this amazing community that welcomes everybody of every age, of every ability, regardless of what you are, what you look like, what your ability or disability is, the running community opens up lives and changes lives. That's why I want to pay it forward. Mm, I want to inspire fantastic. people. I could almost finish the podcast on, on that <coughs> speech, Tony, but I'm not going to, because you mentioned the word ultra. Oh God, um, yeah. So I'm interested in that. Oh. <laughs> so what, which ultra was that? East Antrim Marathon Series, uh, the Knocker Challenge. 
Uh, anybody who's done the knocker will know it's not flat. <laughs> Hate the flat, but the knocker challenge is the knocker is 961 feet above wow. sea level. Uh, it's a nice loop. The, the road on it is a corkscrew because it is too steep to go up straight. Um, so we did that one. Was that last year I did that one? Siobhan and I did that one. Three laps of the knocker, 32 and a bit miles. Uh, That's on a hot fantastic. Day. And we're going back again. And yeah, next, yeah. Yeah, I keep pushing myself. I won't give in. I started with 5K and loved it. Moved on through the ranks. I'm currently at 35 miles. I want 50 miles. And I am going to Energy next year. And I'm going for the 12 hour challenge and get as far as I can That's in 12 brilliant. hours. So I'm going to have to get a team of guides because I can't see anybody running me for 12 hours. But I intend to keep going for 12 hours and get as far as I can. You're going to be burning out your guides in, yeah. in one run. Yeah. <laughs> you have to but get along. We're prepping for that. We're prepping for six guides. So Brilliant. We'll do what so we're if somebody wants to be a guide yeah. and you've talked about there's some level of training out there as well, how, yeah. how, how would you become a guide? Um, athletics and I used to do a course, but that was for coaches only. They've not got the funding anymore. But we... I say we, this is Vivian and myself again paying it forward, have set up a Guide Runners course. Um, we have a Facebook group called Guide Runners NI. Um, I also have a website for Running Blind, which is the event we do in August in Stormont. Um, but the two of them link together, and anybody who wants to get into it, just look up Guide Runners NI on Facebook, message us, or look for Running Blind Belfast on, in Google, um, and you'll find us easily through there or runningblind.org.uk and we've got pages there we'll link you to it and the next courses that we'll be doing and we've got requests to go and take courses to Enniskillen, to Castle Welland, to Derry, Ballymena, all over the place. Brilliant. You know, So we will go wherever people want us to go and we provide it free of charge. Excellent. You know, We provide everything. We provide blindfolds, tethers that people can keep. We just want to encourage people. So tell, talk to me about the Running Blind event. Yeah. Is it the 12th of August? 11th of August. 11th of August. That's Stormont. Um, it's a beautiful medal. Is it the Team Kerr yeah, medal? the Team Kerr medal, which arrived yesterday. There. Yeah, and this is it. We knew what was coming, because obviously Emma designed this, my wife. But when it arrived, we took it out of the box, and we're like, oh, gosh. Yeah, that is fantastic. And Emma couldn't photograph it, because it's shiny. It's big. It's 80 millimetres. It's shiny. It's so shiny, it's like a mirror. I know that picture. Is that Dublin that Marathon? That is Team Kerr at Dublin Marathon. Just finishing. We're doing it for Team Kerr and Aaron's Army um, this year. And we hope, really hope it's a success. So tell me about the event then. So it's a 5K and a 10K, two completely separate courses. The 5K utilises the Park Run course. It's, everybody thinks Stormont, the big hill. I've run the big hill. The first year we did um, Running Blind, we went up the big hill and everybody came down the big hill and said, I said to the person guiding me, and they had the blindfold on, tell me we're on, when we're on the hill. Nobody realised they were done the hill because they were wearing the blindfold. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Not one person realised they were on that hill. But we don't do the big hill now, we change the route. So the part run course is the 5K, which is very gently undulating. Both of them are mixed surface, so you've got gravel, roadway, gravel, bark chippings, 
uh, twists, turns, very, very, very gentle inclines. Everybody can do it. The 10K is more challenging. Is starts following the part run, then we take you off part way through it, and you go through a little wooded copse that has no footpath. So we have to mark that one out. That is just forest trail. Bring you back out onto gravel, then onto the boardwalk, which is very winding and very zen. Um, back onto gravel, cross the road, and then it gets really entertaining because the undulation becomes much sharper. We put in a couple of narrow bridges over a little stream and a couple of ditches. A uh, couple of sharp inclines, narrow footpaths, bark chipping footpaths. Did you, have fun? Did you have fun selecting this course? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> when I mapped out the course, I was chortling to myself. And I thought, this is really good. This is the sort of course I like because it's challenging. Yeah, And the, the idea of the event is to run blind, isn't run it? Run in a blindfold. So we provide blindfolds. The idea is come along. Um, hopefully people would take the spirit of the course on, the event on. Come along with a partner, somebody you trust. You may may trust them to start you may not at the end and we start you off together two waves 5k then the 10k um run pairs we give everybody a blindfold and with their running bib and off you go you run pairs you guide one your partner who's wearing the blindfold we recommend using a buff for a tether so you're attached yeah. to each other you do one lap as a guide and one lap in the blindfold Swap over at half point, so the guide becomes the blindfolded one. Brilliant. You think, because you've done one lap, you know exactly what's coming. No, you don't, because everybody says the same thing. What you learn as the guide is completely different to what it's going to feel like in a blindfold. That's so you're excellent. running two completely different races in one race. So it's a real challenge. That sounds like uh, an amazing event. So that's on the 11th of August. The 11th of August. Is um, you can go onto your running page. You can go onto Running Blind. Again, Google Running Blind Belfast. We'll give you all the links. Uh, the Eventbrite link for it. And it's volunteer-led. So the guys who are organising with me, not long as they're getting paid. We've been supported by Striker in Belfast who produce the AEDs, the defibrillators all over the country. Um, and by Tato and by others. And because of their sponsorship and support, they covered all our costs. Absolutely covered Excellent. everything. We're so grateful to them. Which means that all of the proceeds from this event are going to Team Kerr's charity, Aaron's Army. Brilliant. Which will provide running buggies for other people. And it's an absolute fantastic medal. Um, we have it here. So you can see that medal online now. Because I've it's seen a picture online, of it yesterday, yeah. I think I did. Yeah. Um, when I seen it, I went into... The entry as well. I thought I definitely want to get myself one of those medals. <laughs> it's, it's a beast. It's just one of their medals. Yeah. Um, Tony, it's absolutely been a joy um, coming here. Thank you for welcoming me into your home. Um, it's always a joy to be in your company for some reason. I don't know if it's just that big, loud smile. I don't no, know what it is. just sound loud, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if you had one mes message to give people just to finish off, what would that be? I've got a tattoo on my right arm. And it was the I have the same one I have on my running shoe. It's a running. It's just a simple dog tag, and I saw it somewhere. And it was when I was doing my marathon training, and it's been my mantra ever since. And that's why it's tattooed with my, my first marathon and the date of it. And it's simple. It's believe in yourself, and magic will happen. Brilliant. Never just take that with you wherever you go. Believe in yourself, and magic will happen.
Tony, that's amazing. Thanks very much. Robbie, you're a gentleman. Thank you. Wow, what can I say? That really was an inspirational podcast. Tony is an amazing guy to be around. And I hope that this podcast will inspire at least one person to step out of their comfort zone as it's true what they say. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. Just like to thank Tony again for welcoming me into his home and hopefully I'll see him again soon on course.